0: Welcome to the Steelers-by-the-Lake podcast. My name is James Strong, joined once again by my co-host, Cody Tanner. Cody, how you doing this fine Tuesday Vic- evening?
1: Victory Tuesday.
0: Victory Tuesday. It's
1: a Victory Tuesday. We had our game on Saturday, 6.30. We'll get to talk about that for sure. But James, I'm doing fantastic. Work was good today. High energy, a lot of fun. James, how are you today?
0: Good, man. First day back in action, out on the route, fully functional again. Looks like the knee is doing pretty good these days. So very happy about that. Um, Also, you know what would make me really happy? What would make you happy? The downloads have been really trending up. So I really appreciate all you listeners and viewers on YouTube. If a couple of you would just smash that subscribe button. Just go ahead and do that. That way you get the downloads right away. You don't have to go looking for it. It comes to you every week. So feel free to do that.
1: Yeah, do that. Also, let us know you guys are listening. We'd love to talk about you guys and what you guys are thinking about the season. Let us know um, if you guys message us anything on social media. I mean, literally anything Steelers related, we'll talk about it on the show. Um, we would love to hear from you guys and hear what you think about the preseason, about the season moving forward. What are your predictions? What are your concerns? Uh, you know, are you thinking Jalen Warren's going to beat Najee Harris for the starting job? You never, you never know. There's things to discuss. Um but feel free to message us or comment on the videos. If you're watching on YouTube or listening, uh, leave those five star reviews on Apple podcasts as well. We look forward to hearing from you guys and being able to talk about you guys, uh, and your points of view and things on the show. So absolutely. Thank you guys a lot for listening and watching. Uh, but we're going to talk Steelers football now, James, like I said, we had a game at six 30 on Saturday, at least yeah. our time, six 30, our time. Um, yeah, Eastern. For, for some of you guys in other countries, maybe it's another time. It's how it works. um, but we have a lot to talk about, James. First off, it was a victory. That's important. Um, yes.
0: And before the actual game itself, uh, one of the neat things that we found out last couple of days, of training camp there before it broke. Uh, we've been asking, will we see Spencer Anderson do anything other than play guard and tackle because he had so much experience at center in college? He started practicing at center. I was excited to hear that just because. Nate Herbig's out with that shoulder injury right now. We don't know how long he's going to be. And honestly, I wanted to see somebody who feels like they have a pretty decent chance of making the roster get a chance to show whether or not it's a position he can handle. Yep. I feel like it might be a really good fit for him, and I really want to know pretty badly.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I'm excited to see what happens there. Uh, Spencer Anderson getting the at center at camp is very important, and I'm excited. I'm assuming we're going to see a lot of that uh this week in in this week's game that happens on thursday and also for you guys just as a heads up we will be recording the next podcast with our final 53-man roster predictions on friday so that episode will be out friday night saturday morning you guys will see that so keep an eye open for that and let us know your 53-man roster prediction if you want to send it to us before the show we'll absolutely talk about it on the show uh so send those in for sure but, James, Steelers versus Bills. Everyone thought this game, at least at the beginning, was going to go one-sided because the Bills are the Bills. Mm. The Bills are, you know, the, the AFC championship team that's going to try and take it there again, um, even though they seemingly can't get past Kansas City. But they're the team to beat out of the, the, the North area. You know, they're not in the AFC North, yeah. but they're up here with us. They're right down 90. Um, and holy crap did our number ones come to play. <laughs>
0: Yeah, man, um, all I was hearing from people, even my uh, my stepfather in law, who's not a huge football guy, but he got into football the last couple of years, decided the Bills would be his favorite team. Unfortunate. Um, can't blame him. Yeah, <laughs> can't blame him. They're a very good team right now. So I get that. Uh, but he was talking a whole bunch of trash right before the game. And I just let it slide. And I really wanted to calm <laughs> as the game was going on and be like, you really want to talk in- about that again? Let's talk about that again. Let's talk about how the starters did versus the starters. And that's where we're going to start is the starting quarterback. Uh, he only got two series this week. He got one series uh, week one against Tampa Bay, had 148 and change quarterback rating. Yep. In this game, he had 149 even quarterback rating. Uh, took him right down the field twice. I don't. I, we can't give him credit for the one. We'll get to that. <laughs> you know, I mean, he completed, what two passes before that that's that play fair happened. that's fair i wouldn't say he took
1: him down the field <laughs> but he but he did his role when he had the opportunity to i'll say that he was the general um, and, and then the very and then a one play drive touchdown to pat for on a fantastic in double coverage split the guys perfectly yeah. thrown ball um for those of you that aren't aware, beep, 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 Kenny is he. Kenny is the dude. Kenny's that guy. Uh, you know the meme where it's like, you're not that guy, pal. You're not that. Kenny's that guy, pal. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny
0: seems to be the guy, pal. <laughs> um,
1: but, yeah, and then so you would lo- look at the guys that came in after Mitchell and Mason. They didn't do anything crazy noteworthy. I think they both threw interceptions. I know Mitchell did. Um, I don't remember if Mason did or not, honestly. I don't
0: think either one did in this game.
1: I'll pull it up while Mitch we're
0: talking had one in the, yeah, Mitch had one in the first game, but I don't think he threw one in this game.
1: Well, I'll pull it up while we're talking, but again, neither of them in my opinion are making uh, no, no are are making a big mm-hmm. push for them to be like guaranteed second string at this point. I really don't think that either of mm-hmm. them have locked up that in my opinion. I don't think Mitch hasn't done much of anything in my opinion um and mason's kind of staying status quo and yeah. mason could have one good game and i'd be like all right he needs to be the backup like he's proven himself but he hasn't and, I, and unfortunately i don't think you can get that out of the third game third and final game of preseason i think it's gonna yeah. stay mitch mason just because that's what it's been um but i i'm not comfortable in my opinion with either of them uh as backup quarterbacks right now i'm comfortable that they won't straight up destroy a season um or destroy a game i should say if they come in late in a game if kenny gets injured but i wouldn't want them in for extended periods of time this season i should say
0: i got that back i think that either one of these guys if you have to go with them for an extended period of time are good enough to win half of the games uh, but i wouldn't say that they're good enough to win more than half of the games they're gonna make too many mistakes uh, we saw out of these two in this game uh, Mason's completion percentage was actually, uh, I'm sorry. Mitch's completion percentage was pretty good. Uh, but it was a lot of check downs, a lot yep. of dump offs to the running backs. Uh, first one was a running back screen. It went for 12 yards, but it's a throw behind the line of scrimmage. Yep. Um, and then when they did get the touchdown pass, uh, that hmm. was when they started it at, uh, like the 12 yard line. And they, they had two pass interference penalties that reset it. It was like the eighth play. That was a something and goal when they finally got the touchdown pass. So it wasn't even a a driving the ball down the field kind of thing. Uh, That wasn't what happened on that. So um, neither one of them put up a great performance. Uh, there was a ball that Mitch threw on the sideline, a deep bomb to Calvin Austin. And I was like, all right, here we go. But he put it so far up in the air that the safety got over there. And luckily it looked like it was a little bit out of bounds and it was a little overthrown too. Because yep. if it was on target, Calvin was getting crushed, man. That was a hospital ball. Yeah. Uh, so you got to see that a little bit more on a line.
1: Yeah. Also, excuse me, Mitch did not throw an interception, no interception for either of them. I don't know if you said that or not. But Mason. Correct,
0: didn't. I did say
1: that. Okay, I th- I, knew, I thought you said Mason did, okay. but yeah. So, again, okay. that's promising that neither of them threw interceptions, but I still don't feel overly confident. I mean, when you look at the numbers, granted, Kenny only had three passes. He averaged over 10 yards per completion, Mason 7.5, and, and then Mitch 6. Th- those will get first downs when you get those completions, and luckily they all had decent completion percentages this game. Um, but again, the Bills did not seem to be the Bills this game, or should I say Pittsburgh just seemed to outshine them? I don't want to take anything away from Pittsburgh's win or or the play style of the number ones, but I will say that the, the Bills did not seem to play to the caliber that we've seen them play in previous years.
0: No, and it wasn't due to a lack of personnel on the field because Matt Milano started and played yep. into the second corner. Both starting safeties, which both of these guys are pro bowlers, were out there. Uh, there was a lot, if not all, of the starting defense that was out there. And Pittsburgh went right down the field on them twice. Yep. In fact, after that, they pulled the whole starting offense uh, and were still able to get some points on the field. Uh, so, I mean, by the time... Pittsburgh stopped scoring. It was 27 to nothing. Yep. And they had pulled Mason Rudolph and brought in and Tanner Morgan at that point. Uh, so the bills didn't start scoring until the fourth quarter of this game, uh, which really, really says something about not just the starting offense, uh, but those second and third string guys still being able to move the ball a little bit, at least get some field goals on, the on the uh, scoreboard there, you know?
1: Yep. Yeah. So uh, again, the quarterbacks, we know who's the guy trying to see who's going to get that second job. assuming it's going to be Mitch and Mason in that order. Um, Let's move on to the running backs. There's not even really anything to say about anybody rushing the ball. In my opinion, outside of Jalen Warren, Um, Jalen Warren, at least for this game, you think there's one other guy. That's fine. We'll get there.
0: One other guy. Yeah.
1: Uh, But Jalen Warren, (laughs) one, one rush, 62 yards, touchdown. Boom.
0: And on this play, too, uh, Deontay. So much credit has to be given to. I'll all the somewhere. people blocking on this play. 100%. Dan Moore absolutely sealed his guy. Uh, you see James Daniels from the right guard position get all the way around and get the second level, get a linebacker. Mason Cole was lined up dead up against a defensive tackle and has a reach block, gets all the way around him and positions himself so that he'd have to go through him to get the Jalen Warren. And then we see Isaac Siamalo with an awesome block also. So they opened a gigantic hole. Great job. Get to the second level. And then, like you said, Deontay Johnson just stays persistent. You don't have to do a punishing job as a a wide receiver blocking. You just kind of got to stay in the way. And he did a great job of staying hands on that corner, and he never got a chance to even try to tackle Jalen Warren. And then he just had to beat an all-pro. That's all. (laughs) And he did. Jordan Poyer couldn't get him. Nope. Yeah, I don't know if if Jordan Poirier took a bad angle or didn't realize that Jalen Warren's actually a little bit fast. I think he took a a bad angle.
1: I think it was a combination. He took a bad angle because he wasn't aware of how fast Jalen Warren actually
0: is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. People look at him and they think, oh, this is a thicker short dude. He's probably not that fast. Turns out Jalen Warren's kind of fast. He's got quick legs. Yeah. They may be thick, but they move. <laughs> might be kind of like Jerome Bettis. He ain't fast, but he's kind of quick. Yeah. Well, I will tell you
1: what, Jerome, <laughs> two of Jerome Bettises could have fit through the hole that offensive line made. I'll tell you that
0: right yeah, now. Yeah, it was incredible job blocking by all five of those guys we mentioned right there. Uh, just did an excellent job. When you have that many guys executing that well, you're going to find some nice size holes. Uh, so excellent job there. Jalen Warren did everything he needed to on that. Uh, at that point, Najee and... and and Jalen were done for the day, and then I think the next best run that we got out of anybody was a scramble by Mason Rudolph for 12 yards, in which he once again looked more athletic than you think he is. Everybody always says Mason's that kind of statue back there, uh, but he's worked very hard to keep himself in really good shape, and he's quicker than people think, and he he seems to come up with a few of these, these scrambles where it looks like he doesn't have anywhere to go, and then he takes off, and you're like, wait a minute, he's, he's not, like, old man Ben Roethlisberger back no, there. He's moderate. No, yeah, he's moderately athletic, and he's athletic enough to be out there and get you the first down with his feet. Yeah.
1: Yep. I don't know what else to say about... You have something else to say about running backs, right?
0: No, no, that's really it, man. Okay. Jalen Warren did an amazing job on that, I felt like the rest of the running back room wasn't all that spectacular. Uh, but again, in this game, we didn't have a couple offensive linemen, right? Yeah. Uh, we didn't we didn't have Nick uh Nate Herbig available in this game and Kevin Dotson was playing with an injured shoulder. So that's your your basically your your two best backup interior offensive linemen. One missed the game, the other one playing with one arm. So you kind of expected the holes to not be as plentiful once the second team offensive line came in.
1: Yeah. Um going over the wide receivers, you also want to talk about Des Fitzpatrick as a gunner. Um Yes. He does, he, I mean, this is two weeks in a row now, right? That he's done decent work as a gunner.
0: He, he's sticking out big time on special teams, doing a great job getting after that return, man. Uh, the one specifically, there was a punt, uh, the longest punt that Presley Harvin had of the night. It was like 52 yards uh, fielded it at the eight-yard line, and he got him by the ankles right away. Uh, it was only a two-yard return. And you think about that when a guy is six foot tall, there's two yards falling flat forward. That's basically what it was, is he he wasn't able to get any forward momentum and the yards gained was just from falling forward. Uh incredible job. He's really doing a nice job. Cause if there's gonna be a sixth wide receiver on this team, we kind of figure the top five are pretty much in set in stone. You know, Miles Boykin continues to impress on special teams, and I think he's almost a shoe-in because of it. Yep. You gotta be able to add something on special teams. You can't just be a good receiver. You need to be something on special teams, whether it be a return man or or really good in the coverage units. And it's showing that, that Des Fitzpatrick is actually a really good in kick and punt coverage.
1: Yep. Uh, tight end room. Th- the biggest thing that I'm seeing with Darnell Washington being a massive, massive uh, height advantage against pretty much anyone he would go up against is he's drawing, those, drawing those pass interferences. I mean, we got, we got how many extra tries down at the goal line because of the past interference calls in the end zone. Yeah. And the, and then they're, yeah, like, they're like, we're gonna take him out. This is cheating. <laughs> and they, and they tried to do it some other way. But uh, yeah, in, impressive. And Imp- then
0: they went to Connor Hayward. <laughs>
1: yep. Another tight end, another quick and, guy.
0: And and real quick on that, too, because I didn't put Connor Hayward guys to be talking about on that play, he did a great job. You know, it's it's a five-yard bump and run. So within that first five yards, yeah. the DB can kind of do whatever. Uh, so he took advantage of that being something that goes both ways. Ran him off. And he basically drove block the guy and then cut back and created a lane for himself. Uh, as long as you let go of that within the first five yards, you're good. You're allowed to do that.
1: He turned He, uh, he turned into a new was basketball well player. He just boxed out. That's all you had to do. He yeah. just boxed out the end yeah. zone and catch the ball.
0: Yeah, drove him forward, turned around, catch the ball right on target. Perfect. You know, so great job by him. Uh, Obviously fantastic catch by Pat Fryermuth on the touchdown pass. It was an absolute strike from Kenny Pickett over the middle. And I just wanted to point out that one of the big criticisms that people had of the offense last year is they weren't going deep and they weren't going over the middle enough. The two touchdown passes we have from Kenny Pickett right now are both deep over the middle. Uh, So really showing his ability to do that And I think it also shows, hey, man, this is the same offense we had last year. It's just going to be a little bit more open, and Kenny's going to be more aggressive because he's more confident. He's a little bigger and stronger. He's got a little more mustard he's got on that ball when he's throwing it. And and he knows where to go. And on this play, he threw Pat open. Yep. He didn't throw it right on him. He threw it in front of him and got it to right the perfect spot where only Pat could get it, basically. Uh, So – Fantastic job by Pat to catch him, but that's what Pat does—he catches whatever you throw at him. Uh, You gotta love that about him. I'm excited to see what this this tight end group can do in this upcoming season.
1: Yeah, offensive line. uh, Kendrick Green had a horrible snap that that led to a turnover. If I'm not mistaken, that was the fumble loss by Mason. Um, Correct. The the start that was
0: their first touchdown from the one yard line. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. They had 15 points, seven or six of those technically seven, technically actually. Uh, came off of a one yard score, which was just crazy. But that the funny part was they were talking about their average starting position all game was on their like fifteen yard line, and then that probably made it drastically different. But whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's forty five now. Um, but yeah, Kendra Green played horrible again. In my opinion, the starting O line we talked about their block on that Jalen Warren run. They they blocked phenomenal mm-hmm. all drives that they were in, which was only I think two for the complete starting
0: offensive. Correct. Um, yeah so it was then they, it, yeah then they pulled him
1: yeah well, and as you should you don't need to see anything more from that um yeah you just need him healthy yeah and then spencer anderson we've talked about nonstop. is where is he going to be what's he going to play um he's playing all over the field right now practicing in pretty much every position at this point
0: yeah and in this game he played at left guard center right guard and right tackle Uh, And I'm here for it. I want to see that versatility from him. Uh, That was one of the big things when they were talking about it. Here's a seventh round offensive lineman. You don't expect much out of that. Uh, But his measurables were good. He was really athletic. He was really strong. Just didn't have super long arms. But they also weren't super short. They're not Kendrick Green short. They're longer than that. Uh, So – I wanted to see, hey, can he hold up? And it, he's holding up fine at right tackle. He's holding up fine on the interior. People are not bulldozing him. Uh, and at center, he looks like he knows what he's doing. I want to see more at center in this final game. We're, we're uh, going to. If he can handle that, man. There's no
1: way we If can he can handle. handle that. Yeah. We have to at least see it to know in game. And, and, and here's the thing. I'm not saying that about us. I'm saying the coaching staff needs to see that in game because you can have him practice that in camp all you want. There's a difference between camping and in games, and I th- anyone who knows anything about football or sports in general understands that, knows that. So I'm hoping to see him play center at four or five drives this game. I would love that on Thursday night yeah. to see him play center for a few drives. Um, defensive line, we want to talk about a couple guys there. I think just two, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah.
0: yeah, anybody else that pops to mind, feel free to, to talk about them as well. But I thought DeMarvin Leal, again, represented himself very well against the run, uh, shows his ability to anchor and dismiss. He like, he's just seems to be really good this year at stacking and shed. You know, Get that offensive lineman in front of you, rip him off to the side, go get the running back. Uh, I love what I'm seeing from him. I'm excited about Extra reps for him this upcoming season. Uh, Keanu Benton got in the game, but not on defense. He played five special team snaps, which must have been either the field goal block or the field goal protect unit. I forget which one it would have been. Yeah. It kind of screams the field goal protect unit since there were, uh, what, three touchdowns and two field goals. So that Mm. would have been five of them right there. So I think that's probably what it was. Uh, But he was able to at least get on the field. Hopefully he's healthy enough to play on Thursday uh, because I want to see him. I want to see if he can get that starting job, and I think he's tough enough to do it. So yeah, um, excited about the potential with those two guys for sure. Seems like a, an exciting all-of-a-sudden backup defensive line young group there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, linebacker starting off of the edge. Alex Highsmith had an impressive pass break up against Diggs where he kept with him. Pretty much stride yeah. for stride across the middle, which was wild. Um, I I did not expect it, but that's great to see from your starting edge that he can keep up fairly decent with a starting pro bowl wide receiver. Um, he also got a sack in the game and then the big guy, well, big girl, he's a guy, but her big, her big anyways, uh, (laughs) we've talked about him off, off. I know it's whatever. Um, we've talked about (laughs) him off podcast and off screen and off recording a, a lot, a ton. Um, But holy crap, what what did you say, 40 snaps he's played? Yeah, it's like
0: 42 snaps, and he's got two and a half Mm -hmm. sacks already, a forced fumble, a couple tackles for loss, just an absolute ricking and havoc on opposing offenses right now. And the craziest part is that he's doing a lot of this against starting offensive linemen. Here's the thing.
1: He's obviously not a starter. There's no way he's going to start over Alex Highsmith or TJ Watt this year especially. Yeah, yeah. But an average game has has what? Maybe 55 to 80 snaps for a player
0: per side per side.
1: Yeah. yeah. So yeah. if herbig gets in half I mean he's easily going to average a
0: sack a game or more. Yeah, you figure he's probably going to see 15 to 20 snaps a game at least. And and then he looks good on special teams too.
1: Hundred percent. He's really good on special teams. Hundred percent. But he's going to be coming in fresh off the sideline. These offensive linemen are going to be tired from TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. I think there's a chance Mm -hmm. that Herbig leads this team in sacks this year, just because he gets. I'm calling it now, man. I tell you what, there's a chance. If it happens, James, you need to write it down somewhere. Like we need to. I don't know. There's a chance he'll, he'll be up. He'll be top three easy. I think he'll be, I think at at the bare minimum, he'll be ahead of one of the two of high Smith. or watt. There's a chance. And then there's a chance depending on cam Hayward's health and everything that he's right there with him as well. I don't see anybody else other than those three being ahead of him. Unless Keanu benton no. comes in and destroys everything.
0: I think I'll, I'll be surprised if Ogan Joby doesn't have a bounce back here and get at least five to seven sacks. And I'll be surprised if a backup outside linebacker gets more than that. That would be like a record-breaking thing if you have a backup outside linebacker getting like eight or nine sacks. in in backup snaps, you know what I mean? Not because he gets to the point where he he has to start six games because somebody's out injured. I'm saying if he's only playing that 15 to 20 snaps a game and gets that much, holy cow. Uh, But yeah, I think we should see our top four sackers being Highsmith, Watt, Hayward, uh, Hayward and, and Ogre Joby. And Herbig. Uh, yeah. It, Herbig. <laughs> I don't see why he can't be number yeah, five. Yeah. <laughs>
1: James, we'll see what happens. I'm not,
0: I'm not with you on number if, two and three here, but we hit, I think I think he can be number five.
1: We've we've said this before, and I'm saying it again. James, if we hit sixty sacks this year, we're shaving our heads. It was it fifty or
0: sixty? yeah, it's a done deal. Sixty. Sixty. Sixty has been the number and we it's haven't been hit real it. close a bunch of times. Yeah. Fifty five, I think, it was the real closest. Close. You know, you know what's the funny thing is that Herbig's playing so well that you're almost forgetting about the three time Pro Bowler on the opposite side of him right now, and Marcus Golden. And Marcus Golden had a nice game in this game too. He looked very good. Uh, but when you see your your rookie fourth round pick outside linebacker taking Dion Dawkins to school, like. Straight up taking him to school and beating him for a strip force fumble, and then beating him on another play that caused an incomplete pass. It's like over and over. He's he's not just beating up on backup offensive linemen. He's beating up on Pro Bowlers now.
1: Yep. And it's, not like it's, why we're so it's not like it's a Pro Bowler pra- like past his prime. Like no, not, he's no, still he's
0: really good, very
1: good. Like they arguably <laughs> top two in the in the AFC, I would say. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how this goes. Anyways, all right, middle linebackers, yeah. middle linebackers. Um, Cole Holcomb came in, had a great tip pass that led to an interception. Um, yes. That's what we want to see out of him. He's going to be our starter at this point. He's guaranteed, like, number one in my brain um, yeah. that he's yeah. going to be starting. And then you had a guy, Tanner Muse come off the board uh, and had a decent game with a fumble recovery as well, which that – who fumbled that mm-hmm. ball?
0: Uh, That was on the uh, Herbig force fumble.
1: Yes, the sack. Because he almost ended up
0: recovering it. Yeah. Yeah, he almost ended up recovering that. He was the one that was in it. And I just felt like after watching Tanner Muse in the first game, I felt like he looked really stiff out there. He wasn't moving well. Uh, He was having a tough time flipping his hips. And in the second game, I thought it was a complete reversal, that he looked very smooth in the open field. Uh, He was aggressive. He was getting hits and tackles. uh, And he was inches away from breaking up passes uh, on a regular. And that's great. Uh, So – when it comes down to are the Steelers going to keep four or five middle linebackers, you look at it and say Tanner Muse has a lot of ability on special teams on punt and kick coverage. Uh, And I think that he helped himself immensely in this game. It's going to come down to this third preseason game, Kwiatkowski versus Muse, I think. Um, And I'm excited for it because these guys are going to be playing their butts off to try to get that last spot on the roster. Which is crazy
1: because a lot of these guys could be top three middle linebackers on other teams. Easy
0: easy yeah it's true kwiatkowski has like three years starting experience under his belt
1: that's crazy it's crazy the depth that we have at middle linebacker when you look at like two years ago and we're like who the heck we're,
0: we're, we're. <laughs> yeah right and now we're just like hey even joe showbert and he's getting torched on every play and
1: then you got miles jack who just did not pan up and then went to another team and then retired yeah. um unfortunately yeah yeah how
0: about that him retiring <laughs> in the middle of the preseason <laughs> i think he just realized he's done i don't know
1: Props to him for me. Yeah, props for him to being able to, to man up and say, you know what, I'm just not. Like, a lot of guys could just say, hey, I'm just going to give a half effort and ride it out for mm-hmm. a paycheck, pretty paycheck. But he's like, nah, I'm just done.
0: And you got to think that it's a pretty smart move on his part to, to do it on his own terms, too. Because in about a week, it wasn't going to be on his own terms.
1: True. He wasn't going to make the team. If
0: Yeah, if he didn't make the team, he's getting cut, and then that's how you go down is being cut in the preseason your final year that's that's not a great way to be remembered so it's better to go out on your own terms so definitely respect that uh miles jack i thought was pretty good for pittsburgh in the first half of the year last year and then it seemed like i think he was battling a groin injury or something really kind of struggled later on in the season but yeah let's um, talk corners yeah get into the cornerback room here man this was a great game for our corners Uh, and I would love to say that having a couple of nickel corners get interceptions really clarified the position group it it did it made it more difficult uh if anything maybe it gave a little more separation between that that upper group of corners on the roster versus the back end of the the group Uh, (laughs) no no I think it kind of did I think it kind of did I think that Elijah Riley having such a good game helped kind of steer people into him being in that upper group of uh, likely to be on the 53 man Ross. Who's in the lower you know, group? He's great. What's that? Who's in the lower group? Oh, like Luke Barku and Chris Wilcox. Oh, okay. And, that's fair. And guys like that. Okay. You know, okay. like okay. That, okay. that's what I'm saying is like, you got your, your three, you know, like your Levi Wallace, your Pat Pete, Uh, We got Joey Porter Jr. Those are your locks. That's what we know. James Pierre seems to probably be one that's going to make the team as well because he seems to be playing almost exclusively with that upper portion. But what's the nickel situation is what we've been trying to figure out. Is anybody going to step up? Is anybody going to be a ball hawk? Is anybody going to be stout against the run? Well, Elijah Riley is awesome on special teams, and he got an excellent interception on that tipped ball by Cole Holcomb. And he caught it in the end zone. That's that prevented a touchdown. Uh So that's fantastic. And then Shandon Sullivan says, well, anything you can do, I, I can, can do, do better. better. Right. And then he pulls a TJ Watt, tips the ball up in the air, dives and catches it like Troy Polamalu for an incredible interception. Uh, And, and you leave yourself saying, well, those are the two guys that we were thinking were going to be the nickel. Yep. So why not keep them both? I don't know. <laughs> we're saying that at too many positions, James. Why
1: not keep six? Why not keep seven? Why not keep we're just it's gonna we start gotta, getting
0: tough. We gotta
1: stop. We gotta yeah. cut people. All right, hear me hear me out. Hear me out. Yes. We cut Presley Harvin and go for it on every fourth down. <laughs> that
0: is not happening. <laughs> Not after that performance, No, man. that's true. <laughs> um. uh, but also, before we get out of this cornerback room, Joey Porter Jr., I thought, turned in a nice game. That interception was just excellent. Perfect form, man. Uh, cover two, he knew the cover two whole shot was coming. And instead of staying up, like, is what his responsibility, technically, is to be that closer to the line of scrimmage. There was nobody coming into that zone. So he went with the receiver, and he made an excellent interception. People saying he doesn't have ball skills don't know what they're talking about. They didn't watch him in college.
1: I will say this about his interception. I'm not saying it, and it's one of it's one of the things Mike Tomlin says a lot. Mike Tomlin says uh, make a or make routine plays routinely. So he talks yes. about the problem with this in this situation is I felt like it was just like not to take away from it, but it's one of the things you overlook, and I feel like I'm personally overlooking it. It just felt like a routine play. It just felt like it was a bad pass. It just felt like he was there at the right time. And in, in my brain, I'm like overthinking it because I'm like, okay, let's not get too excited here. But at the same time, mm-hmm. you got to have guys on the team that play like this. I mean, this is no different than Minka getting interceptions, being in the right place at the right time. Or, or Troy Paul Malu back in the day, granted his sixth sense was wild. Um, it just, it, I'm I'm worried overthinking because it just felt too easy. The ball came right to him. The quarterback knew as soon as he threw it, it was getting picked off. You can see his face yep. if you watch the camera or like the view that watches the quarterback. He's like, um, so I don't know. And w-
0: what I think about this too is that sometimes preparation and hard work allows you to create your own luck so something that looks like it might be kind of just good luck right place right time uh, is just as much him understanding they're in a cover two understanding the quarterback smart enough to see that it's cover two and the most common thing is that cover two hole shot between the corner and the safety so all he had to do is get a little bit better depth than normal now he can take it away and get the interception and it if that is a routine play that we can come to expect from Joey Porter Jr., I'm here for it, man, because we haven't had a guy that looked like that and makes interceptions look that easy in a while. That's fair. Uh, maybe early Joe Hayden when we had Joe Hayden uh, before we started getting a little slower and older. But yeah, just to make it look that routine and that easy, I think, is tremendous.
1: That's fair. Um, safety room, not a lot to say in this game. Uh, Kenny Robinson, Trenton Thompson, and Jake Elliott all got a lot of playing time. Time, um, yeah. I felt like, which was good. We need to, we need that to see who's going to be the next guy. Um, but there's not a lot to say about them.
0: None of them made splash plays. You're right. Uh, and to me, the biggest takeaway from the safety play from that night. Uh, was the fact that everybody was healthy again. Mika Fitzpatrick back on the field. Yep. Uh, DeMonte KZ on the field, Keanu Neal on the field. Kind of gave us a little bit of feel, too, because we were talking about what are they going to do, how are they going to deploy these guys. It kind of feels like three starting safeties. Uh, and that's what they did. When it was in nickel, KZ was the starting strong safety. When it was in the base 3-4 defense, Keanu Neal the starting strong safety. I like the approach. Yeah. That way they can both play to their strengths. Uh, which will help the team play better uh, and give them and better and give, against
1: the run. Give them, you know, better energy when they come in for their, for their kind yeah. of style. It's great. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. Boswell, that was my biggest takeaway. Boswell. For president. Always. Sign him up. <laughs> Bos for president. Vote. Longstanding. We've done that since the year one. So don't take that as anything political. If you're new, it yeah. was literally <laughs> just us loving our kicker.
1: Balls for president.
0: It's kind of like vote
1: for Pedro from.
0: <laughs> yeah. What's that? So yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the dynamite. Um, it's just playful banter for us. Uh, Presley Harvin, all yeah. five punts downed at the 10 yard line or deeper, which was. Yeah. Great for him.
0: Yeah, if you look at the numbers from this game, 38.2-yard average. But it's all about where was he placing the punts. Every time these guys are catching it right at the 10 or just inside the 10, and it didn't matter where he was punting from. It was like he had an absolute pinpoint razor target on the 10-yard line, and that's where it was going every time. Uh, And I just think it was a tremendous job punting by him to pin it at the 10-yard line every time. Just putting the Bills in a difficult position. Yeah. You want a touchdown? Yeah, you're going to have to go 90 yards for it. Like, I, I love that. Great job.
1: Yeah. Um, great game from Preston Harvin. I, I hope to see that moving forward. On the special team side, sticking, sticking with that, Calvin Austin the third had a 54-yard punt return that led to that one-play touchdown to Pat Frymuth. Uh, that was absolutely fantastic of him. Love to see the big plays two weeks in a row now. Granted, one was wide receiver play. This was punt return. I love it either way. And then Miles Killebrew, I almost wish he didn't. I almost wish he didn't, man.
0: <laughs> I know, right?
1: Because he's making a he's making a, a discussion about if he should be on the team again because of a partially blocked punt. Uh you yeah. know, 2 years ago he had two blocked punts in the same season. That's almost unheard of. Uh stop.
0: Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Put him on your squad, bro. No. He's making it. No. He's going to be your special teams captain again. Ugh. Uh just yeah, that's is some people have knack for certain things and it seems like maybe Miles Kilbrew just has a knack for blocking punts and, and there's no way they don't keep him around if he keeps that up, that's for sure. Uh, So after this game, we had a little bit of action on the roster, a little bit of turnover. Uh, You might have noticed when watching the game that Hakeem Butler didn't get a chance to play. Uh, Looks as though he had an injury. Both him and Cody White have now been waived slash injured, which means they have an injury. They're going through the waiver process. If no one claims them, then they'll revert to the injured reserve, uh, or the Steelers will have an opportunity to give them an injury settlement so that they're not sitting on the injured reserve. Yeah. Uh, so they're both gone now, unfortunately. They signed wide receiver Aaron Crickshank, uh smaller dude. He's like five, six, 165 pounds or something yeah. like that. Uh, and then a linebacker by the name of Keone Dang. No clue. Yeah. yeah I think middle linebacker because they were talking about him having tackles in one season. You don't usually get that from an outside linebacker. So my guess is he's going to be your extreme depth middle linebacker for this final game. Uh, yeah,
1: and Crickshank do... Crick is yeah, like ahead. a return specialist. Um, yeah. That's what he was known for in his career. Kick return average in college was 23.4 yards per return. Um, and he, I believe he had a short stint with the Bra- or uh, Bears, if I'm not mistaken. I was the Browns. Yeah,
0: sounds great. So
1: right. I'm curious yeah. to see if they kind of put him in special teams to see what happens there. I don't know why else you'd bring him on. Yeah. Um,
0: it's got to be for kick return because they haven't had anybody's turn yet. You know, McFarland got a little bit of burn this game and, and didn't do anything special on it. Uh, but your punt returner is – that's in stone, man. That's Calvin Austin third, no doubt. Oh, absolutely. Uh, what an exciting guy. Let's be honest here, man. What an exciting player. He just has that knack to be able to – To take a regular play and break it at any point in time so you gotta love that one of the things that we're gonna break here for you is our three things to look for in this final preseason game uh cody why don't you go ahead first with your three since this was your idea on the topic
1: fair enough uh my three things to look for in this last preseason game is this kendrick green's last game as a pittsburgh steeler we've seen him have trouble with snaps in two games in a row now He's been getting blown off the line of scrimmage. Are they going to try him at fullback and see what's happening? Or are they committed to saying, hey, our fourth tight end in Connor Hayward, or technically he's the third. I don't know what how you want to look at it. Um, can also He has the ability to play fullback. Do you just take advantage of his flexibility there um, or try Kendrick Green out? Because we haven't seen him at all in preseason yet in that fullback position, only in practices. Um, and then Calvin Austin, is he our big play guy now? Is he the guy that's going to pop off a 54 yard punt return and a 63 yard touchdown catch. And is he going to be the big playmaker that we wanted him to be last year? But unfortunately he was hurt all year. We never got to see it. Is he now the big play guy? Um, And then the third thing to look for, for me is who wins that number four safety spot. We've talked about Kenny Robinson. We've talked about Trenton Thompson having a pick last week. Um, We've talked about Jalen Elliott coming in miles. Killebrew, with these you know special teams plays does he come in as that fourth safety or does he actually just be a special teams specialist not even i mean he's still listed as a safety um but who do we go are we keeping five safeties are we doing that i don't think we can with all the other positions we're talking about keeping extra guys i don't don't know (laughs) what to do um but those are my big three things to look for in this last game james what do you got
0: yeah so i've got three as well number one for battle for number running, 3. Running running back battle. Uh, Anthony, yeah, running back battle. Seems like Anthony McFarland has a leg up on the competition right now. Uh but the uh, newly signed Xavier Val uh real quick dude. Uh so I'm excited to see a little bit more of him in this third and final preseason game. Also we seem to be getting a little bit out of Greg Bell too. He doesn't look awful out
1: there. No. Uh so it's weird seeing a little bit of a battle number moment. other than 26 on the Steelers. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and he's, and he's a tall, lean dude like Le'Veon was too, so it's kind of funny. Uh, my number two thing to look for is can Mark Robinson cover? Uh, we're starting to get a little bit more clarity in this middle linebacker room. Cole Holcomb can cover. Uh, oh, yeah. He got himself a little PBU turned into an interception for Elijah Riley. Uh, so I want to see something out of Mark Robinson in his in his pass coverage abilities in this game. I want to see a pass breakup or something like that. We've even seen him make some nice hits when somebody comes over the middle. Uh, So I want to see a little bit more from Mark and I want to see there be a reason for the defensive coaches to say, Hey, Let's get Mark out there along with Cole Holcomb on these nickel formations. Uh, My third and final thing, I want to see a long burn for Spencer Anderson at center in this final preseason game. Now, that's assuming that we don't have Nate Herbig healthy. If Nate is healthy, then I want to make sure that Nate gets some snaps because he looks likely to be the number two uh, center in this situation. Uh, But if Nate's shoulder is still jacked up, man, I want to see Spencer Anderson get a good like two or three drives and long ones at that. Uh, I want to see him have to make some calls. Yep. I want to see two people, one on either side, and him have to figure out who's going to block who and then have it get blocked up correctly. Yep. I want to see these kind of things to see is there something there. I like the potential in this kid, and I think the lack of length is going to make his best home be interior, whether it's a guard position or a center position, and I think that center position might be his home in the future.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you guys are listening or watching this and you have three things that you want us to look for, or even one thing, just want to share one thing, feel free to message us on social media, comment on the video, um, even email us if you if that's how your preferred method of communication. Uh, any way you guys want to talk to us, we would love to hear from you. We can't thank you guys enough for listening uh be sure to like and follow on facebook twitter instagram tiktok and youtube subscribe and ring the bell it's free don't forget those five star reviews for james on apple podcasts until next time this is your host james and cody
0: signing off peace